0: recording in progress.
1: That's my friend, Sean. And welcome back to Pathways with me, your host, Todd Allen Baker. Thank you for coming back this week. Um, We have a great guest on, one of my greatest friends. We've been friends for like 31 years now. Um, I met Sean Carter back in 1993 when I worked at Opryland and he was working down at Carowinds down in well, what part of the Carolinas?
0: Yeah, that's uh Caroline's is in Charlotte, North
1: Carolina. In Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. And he came up to visit his best friend. And then the next year we did our show together, he was in the same show as I was. When I had hair, we often got mistaken for brothers we <laughs> on stage. So we affectionately call each other sis. Um yes. yeah, one of my greatest friends. And we just saw each other in January and we kind of went down 30 years of our friendship of where we've connected and um like where we've stayed and how we went and visited each other. So we've been pretty constant for these 31 years. So he's done a lot um, and I'll let you tell him, tell his story, but it's just a great pleasure and a great joy to have him on today. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot of great information and tools to learn in this industry. So I'd like to welcome on Sean Carter. Thanks Todd. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. It's great to see your face. You always just make me smile and you make me laugh. That's <laughs> what you and I do. We just laugh, laugh, laugh. That's what, and just be silly and goofy. That's what we do.
0: It um, was wonderful to see you back, uh, in Miami in South beach. Um, I'm no longer there. I'm very happily back in the kind of the Midwest South and Northern Kentucky area and, um, back to, uh, kind of being an agent. So I'm very, very excited to, um, to be here and uh, to be in this part of the country again. Yeah, and that's what we'll get into. We'll get some of the agent
1: talk and the stuff, other things that you're doing now. So we always just start with the general question. How did you get bit by this showbiz bug? Like, how did you get your start? And when did you know that you wanted to do this?
0: Well, I, um, I started really kind of getting into... Um, <laughs> the interest in performing when I was in high school. Um, I was a super late bloomer. We didn't have a lot of opportunities kind of where I grew up in terms of Northern Kentucky area in the 80s. Um, I started because I was really interested in, I wanted to learn how to tap dance. And my brother's uh, first wife, Kathy, I'm still very, very close with her. um, She like started teaching me how to tap dance in in their basement. Um, And then I kind of joined a little, uh, I would say like a youth kind of performing arts group. That was a local thing. We would go and perform in, you know, nursing homes and other little events like that. Um, my high school was very sports oriented. I did not have, uh, you, you could take Sorry our- there.
1: I thought I had a technical difficulty. Sorry, audience. I thought I had a technical difficulty. Something popped up on my screen. So
0: okay. continue
1: on, Sean. Something oh, popped great. up on my side of the screen, but we're good. <laughs> we're good.
0: Uh, uh-huh. So, um yeah, so then I kind of got involved. Um, we could take a class um, our senior year in high school. We could only do we only had one drama class. So I took that and um and then I was decided that I was really interested in doing this and I was going to audition um, for just musical theater in college. Literally had never been in a show, but I'm like, I thought for some reason I could do this. So um I had started and auditioned uh just two schools. I auditioned for CCM and Eastern Kentucky University. And I got into both of them and started um going to the school across the river at CCM. Um and uh then I kind of auditioned for Kings Island one of the summers, my uh, my freshman year. And um and that's how I kind of got in the theme park gig. Um and I really, really enjoyed um Working at Kings Island, I thought for me, honestly, because growing up and seeing the shows with my parents, like I I was like, I have made it. I have made it. I've got to Kings Island and now I'm a celebrity. And that was
1: my goal as well. I remember growing up going to Kings Island. And I mean, I auditioned, I think only auditioned like once or twice. And then I got another gig. So I didn't go. And the the quality of shows by then had kind of like, no, they were still pretty good. But I just remember, oh. I would go to those shows and I'm like, this is just magic. I want to be a King's no. Island performer. So yeah, I have the same goal. Exactly.
0: I absolutely loved working there. Um, at the time, you know, like everything you, uh, you were, you started like the youngest and then you kind of morphed into Captain Von Trapp and the Von Trapp family. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I learned so much just working there. I mean, it really kind of, I think, started me off like learning a, a basically a performing work ethic. You know, you're doing all these shows a day and you have to be consistent and, um and then I was a swing in some of the shows so it really kind of taught me how to do a you know just kind of do a lot of different things and they were very very professional and then later when I uh, you know worked with you at Opryland I mean, it was completely different as well it was um also a very very good experience and I, I thought that it was great at Opryland where they would kind of you know do the training classes where they you know would go to uh Charles Harding and learn how to do the you know gymnastics stuff I mean you already know how to do all that but you know I was like I had three, you no know, skills. I was like forward roll, back roll, roll. <laughs> Egg so roll at the time, all the roles. I had them all.
1: Yeah. We did have a great education system in place and that was kind of like school for us. And we don't, We've talked about growing with other people in this business. Um, our Opryland was a great, it was like its own university kind of really, because we had great opportunities. We just did not warm up. We had like vocal yeah. classes. We had dance classes. They gave us gymnastic classes. They brought in artists to teach us yeah. about the music business. So it kind of was like a miniature university. It was kind of like a continued yeah. education while we were there. So we were, we were very fortunate to have that.
0: Yeah. I remember that was the first time I'd even done like a Pilates class. Remember that was before Pilates was even a thing. That's Uh, how
1: I got my start because that kind of made me fall in love with it. And like, you know,
0: the natural progression of things, that's my pathway now, right? I, yeah, I thought that, um, you know, both of the parks, they were all different. I mean, I ended up working at several different theme parks, you know, I did King's Island and Carowinds. Um, I worked at Universal Studios in Japan years later as a blues brother. And that was an amazing gig. One of my favorite gigs I've ever done um but I I don't know I really like the kind of um you know not to be like I know a lot of theater people kind of look down on the theme parks but I think if you it can really if you make it you know what what you want out of it I mean you can get a lot of good training and um and some great money (laughs) just like the ship gigs you know I think it's it can be kind of lucrative I was able to even you know get my first place you know, with those, with the money I'd made from those gigs.
1: Well, I think the other part that, I mean, it's sad that they're not around and the performance and they don't put the performance value in some of the theme park shows. But what I think it taught us was if you're cranking out and you only usually had a day off, if you're cranking out three to four shows a day, Mm. like it teaches you discipline and it teaches you endurance And it teaches you a whole nother work ethic. It's different than riding on a tour bus Mm -hmm. and getting to a city, putting your stuff down, and then sitting down for a week, laying around in the hotel, doing your thing, and then going to do a show. It's a total different beast when you have to do outdoor theater or indoor or whatever you're doing, wherever your show is and crank out sometimes four shows a day that were usually about 45 minutes to about an hour long. That was work. I mean, we
0: worked. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I still think that Way Out West is probably one of the hardest shows I've ever done. I talked to people. um, And I wasn't even like a main tumbler or anything. I mean, I was just doing like the toe touches on the bar on occasion, but- I think I have a
1: video of you
0: and I doing that somewhere there. (laughs) <laughs> probably probably uh, yeah it was um it was really hard very challenging every time you did it i mean you had to you know the endurance was just amazing you had to really keep up
1: yeah absolutely i think that well and plus you're out in the nashville heat i mean it's like 105 oh god, right. in the shade
0: yeah We're like there big oven it's all that you know <laughs> <laughs> all the concrete it was just oh my god so hot and it was the, you know and those those Costumes weren't exactly very breathable or forgiving. No, when you're like, l- wearing weird.
1: long polyester pants exactly. and long polyester like nylon, you're like I don't think <laughs> they
0: had this fabric at the mercantile
1: back.
0: In <laughs> uh, I'm concerned.
1: uh yeah, and like that's why we had doubles because we'd sweat through everything. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, and so from there, after you've done theme parks, like, um, we also. Um, the other way that I knew Sean is we both started with Royal Caribbean. And so sometimes we'd meet up on ships and be in rehearsals together, or he'd be in port while I was in rehearsals. So like take us through that journey, because then you had an extensive career um, for people that want to get in the business. And you did very, you know, you did different lines of cruise ship. You didn't stick with Royal Caribbean. So what was your experience with that? And what was your transition and what was your pathway during that whole experience?
0: Well, um, I've started at Rural Caribbean. Um, I took a break from school and I auditioned um, because actually they came to Kings Island and they were looking for people. Uh, For the Nordic Empress, you know, this is way back in the day. Oh, the old, that's like a car ferry now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This was in 1492 when they were around America. Um, No, we, uh, I I went and I auditioned and I was offered a contract and it was, I mean, you know, in terms of ship gigs, you know, nowadays it was, it was tough. I mean, you know, we were doing three and four day cruises um, in the Bahamas. So it's not like, you know, you're the most glamorous itinerary but again you're working a lot you're in you know, it's very disciplined you're really able to save a lot of money um you know cuz again once you've gone to some of these places a million times you know you kind of find other things to do um it was very different back then too i mean i remember being uh at the at the audition like the at getting the job and then going down to uh, miami and this is before they had any of the studios we stayed in the sheridan down on brickle um and we would rehearse at a different hotel in a ballroom. And the first day of rehearsals, they made all of us like basically get on a scale and told us how many pounds we had to lose before opening. Oh, like, weigh in. This yes. is when like, you know, you're already in great shape and a waif and you're like, okay. Yeah. It's very, very different. Um, and, and also the, the costumes back then were much more kind of Vegas style. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of skin, uh showing uh, for the men and women. So It was very different, but um, I did that contract and then I ended up finishing school um, in Chicago and like over the years, I mean, I I did a bunch of different things. And then I went back and started doing in the late nineties, a lot of the ships Royal Caribbean. Um, And that's when kind of things had changed and they had, uh, I think they brought in, uh, what was it, Mark Dow and Mm -hmm. uh, Sherry, and they were really producing some amazing um, shows. I mean, I thought they were really good. Um, and also very challenging, but they had really, you could tell that Royal Caribbean and the ship industry in general had really stepped up their game, uh, you know, performance wise and show wise. Um, and I really did enjoy, um, my time, you know, working for them. I worked for Royal Caribbean, um, and then I did some celebrity ships and then I worked for a British company for a while. Um, and then, you know, it was many, many years and I kind of would, I would go do the ship gigs and then I would go do theater or musical theater that didn't pay anything in some you know, a little town or in Florida and, uh, and kind of really enjoyed that because it kind of gave you the opportunity to still perform, but then mm-hmm. also do things that you really kind of your heart was in and wanted to kind of grow, um, kind of build your resume that way. So I thought it was a really good way to do that.
1: And from there, like you became as. You became like a cruise ship, like singer, cruise director, and guest entertainment from there, correct?
0: Well, yeah, I kind of – well, I also worked – after those – the British line I worked for, I was working for Oceana. Um, They're kind of a premium line that's now owned by – They're super posh. Yeah, they are very posh. Uh, Region and – Oceana and region. They are uh, basically – that they have so much money they just want to live on a ship basically they are super uh, yeah. posh it's, it's first really... class
1: second class it's like yeah
0: yeah you definitely yeah, no steerage here you know no. it's all you know uh basically a lot of those things are um they're all like regions all inclusive um but i kind of you know i'd been doing it so long and and eventually i just felt like you know and i have friends still that are in my age still doing production shows and i think it's great but for me i don't know i felt like it was kind of time to step up and do something else and i was just presented an opportunity to kind of do uh, on one of my contracts uh for oceana they um basically it was only a four-person cast so you had a uh, one of the uh performers was a An assistant cruise director and one was like a social host or hostess. And then the other two were like entertainment uh, staff. So you would kind of you would lead these, you know, the guest or we say well-seasoned traveler through some little (laughs) activities. You know, you're doing that kind of stuff, which, you know, when you're young and you're just doing the shows, you just feel like, oh, I'm above all this stuff. But it really was great. And I I enjoyed it because you really got to meet the people. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so I did a couple of contracts where I was like an assistant cruise director and, uh, then I was opportunity and offered an opportunity to, um, become a cruise director and it scared the crap out of me at first, because it's a lot of work. Um, you know, you work, um, basically 14 to 16 hours a day, every single day. And, you know, you're kind of the face of the ship in terms of every any any complaint kind of gets filtered through you so you have to have a very 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 thick skin um because you know sometimes you're not having the best day and people come at you with a thousand different things but um but it really taught me a lot you know about um, about people and about, um, you know, then you were managing a group of people. So I was managing some on the larger ships, you know, you're managing 20 to 30 other entertainers mm-hmm. from all over the world. Um, and I really, really love what I loved the most about working on ships was that it really, it opened up a completely new world to me. You know, I think probably you're you know, growing up was very similar in terms of it was very homogenized. Like it was all, you know, there was nobody different around of any, you know, uh, other races and stuff. And I really loved when I started working on ships that I was, you know, exposed to so many different cultures and people. And I, I absolutely loved that when we would have, you know, different nationalities celebrating their independence days. And um, yeah, it was just, it was really wonderful.
1: And I would say that was probably one of my biggest takeaways. And when people ask um, about my time, on the ships that was probably one of my biggest takeaways was i didn't just go to a place um Mm -hmm. whether it was just an island or whether it was in europe or wherever like i actually worked with people that were from that place and you could sit down and ask questions and actually get to know information that you're not going to find in a textbook or you're not going to find on a tour while you're there you actually got personal and got to know other people's cultures and what they were like and what it is really like around the world and i would say that's like an education that i mean that's like priceless we you know Absolutely. you can't you couldn't pay for that for the experience that you find um that you get to know other people in the business yeah. so from there um you you know you did that for a while and then you went oh you went shoreside
0: for a while correct I did um I was working on the ships for um you know Regent Oceana as a cruise director and then I was offered an opportunity um, to work Shoreside booking their enrichment so on Regent Oceana they have a, a very extensive enrichment program so they um they bring on guest speakers um, on some of the ships they have guest artists that come on and you know they teach you know different um, types of art and um and then I was also in charge of the kind of like ordering other library books and uh, the movies and things like that. So anything that was enrichment related, I was doing. Yeah.
1: All right. And so during any of this, like, it sounds like you were pretty steady and I know how the ships are like, you know, I was pretty steady there. Um, was there any point in time that you felt like you wanted to just kind of throw in the towel, find something different, go with a different backup plan or were you pretty consistent that you knew what you wanted to
0: do? Well, I know that in my life I've always wanted to do something entertainment related, you know, and I think that it certainly changed over the years because, you know, when I was young, it was just like, I just want to perform. I just want to perform. But then as you grow and learn, I mean, some people like myself, it's just like, I started finding different pathways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Different pathways that um, let's plug it. You got to plug it. right? Yeah. I will plug that pathway. Um, (laughs) But but, um, you know, I started becoming interested in different things, and uh, but they're always creative. And it was like, how well, how can I expand upon this, or how can I really learn this and and uh, bring something more to the table, or something that brings me joy, you know? And and then I started kind of dabbling in different things, and then they became you know really great skills that are now great side gigs for me. So. I enjoyed that a lot. And I think you're the king of side gigs right now. <laughs> I will, you know, I I will do anything. I will say I will go to the opening of an envelope and if you have a check, I have a talent like <laughs> find a way to make it work. Um you know, and it's not just about, you know, money, but I I think it's it's important to find things that do make you happy and if you it happens to bring you some Cash and you can pay your bills or mortgage or whatever or invest in it. it I think that's wonderful. I think it's really interesting. You know, I years ago had started kind of playing guitar here and there, and I would pick it up and put it down, and then you know I kept doing it and doing it, and so on. Some of my contracts, I would play you know in the lounges, you know, and I just kept getting more comfortable and better at doing that, and um, and now I'm still doing it, and I'm doing some little holiday gigs coming up um, in the area here. So that's you know it's just weird. You just never know where something's gonna kind of take you further so you like can
1: a, like a like a guitar Santa is that what you're doing <laughs> or, or like a guitar elf yeah yeah
0: the guitar elf um now I could see that yeah yeah so yeah it's it's interesting you know or now now I work you know as an agent and I work with young talent and I really enjoy um I do that and not just young talent we work you know our agency is basically Scott always says the owner uh like four to death <laughs> so um <laughs> all types of people And uh, and it's it's also a lot of fun kind of being a part of someone else's journey, you know, and I would like you to go further
1: into that because we've had someone else that was working for a talent agency. So can you kind of go into that? Because you've done some TV, you've done some um, film work um, besides stage, and now you're on the other end. And I know you came up here and you ran a course. Um, You stayed with me a few years ago and you ran a course um, on on how to get an agent and some acting classes. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit more? Like what's it about? What are casting agents looking for? How do you get an agent? And then I know you actually do some headshots on the side too. How can you correlate that all into um, what they need for an audition and your headshot and finding an agent and, you know, how do you progress into that?
0: Okay. Well, I think first of all, obviously, you know, you have an interest in the arts and if you're interested in getting an agency, you, um, just about every agency will have a website. Um, some people just want you to mail things in and other people, you know, other agencies will have in-person auditions or zoom auditions, which is what we're doing now. We're going back to in-person auditions because it really makes a difference and also offer, um, some zoom auditions as well, but we're looking for specific people that, you know, even though I live in a Midwestern market, I work for an agency that's out of the Southeast. So I work remotely, which is great, but I'm doing submissions on projects that are mainly in Atlanta, um, Charlotte, uh, Myrtle beach, Richmond, Virginia, um, Savannah, Georgia, um, New Orleans, where they're shooting a lot of those, you know, NCIS type shows mm-hmm. or um, Atlanta is like all the Marvel films. But basically, if you think that you are, you know, hey, I would like to get an agent. I'm ready to go. You just kind of check out their website and see what they require. Um, you know, most of the time you do want to take a headshot. Now, we tell people you don't have to have, you know, anything professional starting out. You Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you... Obviously, that's a goal. When you come to our audition, like if you only have like a you know something small, we don't make people buy or anything right out of the gate. I mean, if an agency is asking you to buy things through them, that is a complete and utter scam. So, no. But you obviously warning, warning, warning for real. There's a lot of that out there. So I would say do your homework. Um, Make sure that it's a reputable agency and they have success stories in terms of, you know, you know that they are booking actors on certain shows and movies and things like that. So um, but if you are a performer and you already have, you know, headshots and things like that, you're going to go to the audition. Um, I always tell people, even if it's a, you know, you're going into things that you want, like commercial TV film opportunities, you should still have a, a monologue or something prepared, like a one minute monologue so they can see uh you know what you're capable of um and if you're a singer obviously you're going to want 16 bars of different styles of music um and if you're a dancer you might be prepared and you know they'll ask you to do maybe a time step or show your flexibility or things like that whatever it is um you know our agency we do open calls and we do look for people that are kind of across the board um looking to do tv film and commercial you know it's the agency in the southeast all the agencies. Um, I would say commercials are such a huge part, you know, 50 to 60, at least, percent of all the things that we get are commercial work. Um, so it's kind of important if you're looking, you want to be able to kind of dabble into every kind of mode of entertainment, I think. Um, but you're going to an audition, you're hopefully, you know, going to be asked to stay and maybe do a cold read. So it's important, I think, to practice or take a class. Um, I always recommend improv is first and foremost a great class to take um, if you are wanting to be an actor in the Southeast in general. Um, And it really helps you kind of get over the nerves. And to even if you're doing TV film work, it really kind of allows you to react in the moment spontaneously. Um, But yeah, so our open calls... We invite people in, um, you know, if they do have a professional resume and um, headshot, of course, we take all that. Then we usually have them do a cold read um, based upon their age. And now um, would that reading be
1: something that they're auditioning for? Or is that just a general
0: cold read that they just need yeah. to be
1: able to change characters, get into character? Yeah,
0: or ours is usually a general uh, cold read, like a commercial cold read. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, we do things like, You know, it's either for adults, a lot of times it might be a department store type of commercial or for kids, maybe something around like Universal Studios or Walt Disney World and little kids, especially, um, you know, we look for little things that they can do. And I mean, we do have, you know, really young actors and we'll we'll just kind of guide them and and put them in different scenarios and have them, um, you know, basically do the pieces for us. But if we can coach them a little bit here or there to see if they can take a note things like that. So, you know, if you're going into an audition for the first time, you just want, you know, your goal is to stay there as long as possible and obviously Mm -hmm. get the gig or get a call back. So it's being as open and receptive to, you know, any type of um, direction, basically. So um, agencies, you never know what they're looking for. You know, right now we are looking for um, adults that are kind of in the Southeast that are Basically, over 40 to 50, because there's so much work there that, as in the medical field or the grocery stores or the financial sectors, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, you need adults, you need uh, like the AARP commercials or anything like that. So people think, oh, I I can only, you're only, you know, you only have a shelf life until you're, you know, early 20s. But it really, which may be true in some cases in some markets, but, you know, the Southeast and also the Midwest, there's a lot of different uh, types of work. So, you know, don't feel like you don't have a chance if you're over a certain age, you know. Mm-hmm. Same with really young kids, you know, they also have a lot of those um stuff for like little kids and they grow so quickly. So, we are actively you know pursuing really young kids like four, six, seven. Um, kids we, grow they, who would have thought, grow, you know, they go so quickly and you have to get them before you know how we all go through that you know middle school age where you're just kind of all janky and weird. And <laughs> you know, I know for myself, it's like you know, I was androgynous for about six years. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so it's kind of getting yourself through that. So hopefully through whatever the audition process, you know, you get a call back and then um, and then maybe you're ready to be with an agency. But once you are with an agency, obviously they will require, you know, you have to have good marketing material, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, and I'm sure your other guests probably talked about this, you a lot of things are done through the casting sites. You know, you have Actors Access, casting networks um, are some that we work with in the Southeast. So those are the the main ones. But, you know, that's all the casting directors are sending their um, breakdowns, projects through there. And then we are submitting based upon what they're sending us, their needs. We send back, you know, the people that we submit and then they tell us who they want to see. So but when you are um, going on these casting sites, you're creating a profile. So you want to have a nice variety of different types of headshots. We always say like, you know, it should be the essence of different characters, but not so on the money. You know, like if you're an adult, you need like a detective shot, but you don't go out and get a fake little badge. And, you know, <laughs> you know like in the seventies and eighties, it, it was very much that, you know, right on the money where they would, you know, dress in a cop outfit or something like that. So it's, it's just not like that anymore. But you have to have a really nice variety um, of looks on your casting sites because you want... To match that breakdown, the character, you know, as close as possible. That that is the goal, honestly. And that's the actors I think that succeed in the in our market are the ones that have very strong photos and also have obviously some media. And once they've started booking jobs, they are able to upload that as well, you know. And that includes um, we recently booked um, a young lady. I, I got her an audition for the the sister act international tour mm-hmm. that's currently in uh, Seoul, Korea. And, uh, but, and because she had so much wonderful material of her, like, you know, she's, she's a fantastic performer and a great, but she can belt, she has a legit voice and it's finding the right stuff. So I knew, Hey, this piece of her belting is going to get her stronger chance and some of her other dramatic work. So you're attaching whatever you can to submit to them, you know? So you have to really make sure that you have strong materials. All right.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's great info because I, you're totally correct Um, with headshots back in the early days that everything was just like, if you want that role, then people would just, you know, go get that costume and like, yeah. send that, uh-huh. and, you know, bring that eight by 10 in and or the eight by 10 glossy, you
0: know, back. I, in oh, day. my God. Yes. The black and white. Back then it was the black and white glossy. Yeah, it was I the black and really, white glossy. I, I, What I will say too, um, if you're considering getting headshots, anyone out there, Make sure that you have a photographer and you, you feel comfortable with and you can ask for direction. You know, a lot of times back in the day, I remember when I was getting shots done, they didn't really help you or tell you anything. You just sat there and you know, now you smile, now you're serious. Now you just you went smile. to glamour shots and yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had my boa and my blowout <laughs> hair. I a fan and just kind of work it. Yeah, it
1: just fun. worked it. I mean, they were very confused why we had a boa, but why not, right? Why not?
0: Just in why? case I get you know, booked on Vegas that show. Right. I- yeah. But um, but you have to ask for help. You know, you have to ask for direction and, you know, you really want to have just a nice variety of, of different looks and, you know, essence of character. So it's, you know, every age range, you have the kind of stereotypes of what you play when you're younger kids. It's like, you know, the preppy kid, the goth kid, the the bully, the, you know, so it's having, you know, all of that in your wheelhouse where the photos kind of reflect that, you know.
1: Well, I think that's very useful information because a lot of people, that's where they go wrong. Um, I see a lot of people today still, you know, um, go get the things that we were talking about and just go way over the top. And it's, it's not what that's about anymore.
0: No, and it's it's definitely less is more in terms of like, you know, you don't want a lot of you might have a shot. Like if you're a, if you're a young lady, like in our um market, you know, we have a lot of those great um Tyler Perry shows that are really mm. fun. And um, some of the characters might look like they're going out on the town, like to a, a nice club in Atlanta or something like that. So you should have one where you're kind of really glammed up and look like that. But you have to have stuff, too, where you're completely stripped of all makeup. And it's, you know, like that post apocalyptic look for shows like The Walking Dead and all those types of things. So, you know, it helps an agent tremendously when you have the right tools Um, to use, you know, I mean, people think that sometimes you get an agent and then you're just done and they do all the work and it's not, you have to actively do something for your career every week. Well, you have
1: to either audition and we've talked about this on previous podcasts. You have to keep auditioning. You just don't let someone else do the work for you. You still have to continue your training. You still have to continue growing. It's never done. Um, I never mentioned like before, like, you know, you mentioned about me tumbling um, and, You know, I got more and more training as I went along. I came in as I could tumble and I could dance. But throughout my career, even though I wasn't taking classes all the time, like my technique and things got better, but especially my tumbling, I think, and more of that was like self-taught because I wanted to get better. And so I would practice on my breaks or, you know, fortunate enough at Busch Gardens, they gave us sort of somewhere to go for a gym, but Opryland definitely gave us three years at a great gym to even get more. Cause when I first got to Opryland, like I did stuff, but like I go back and look what I did and it was not technically correct at all, but through the schooling there for like three years, like that is something big that got better with me, um, throughout my careers, my tumbling, I mean, my dancing as well, but that I was not, I was just decent. I was just, I was kind of really mediocre. I could throw stuff. And that was like from coming from a small studio and learning. And I'm grateful for those tools that I had, but uh, you know, you,
0: you continue to grow. You have to put in the work. I think too. It's like, you know, a lot of those gigs are when you go to those auditions, yes, you have to have the abilities, but it's so much of it. It really is based upon how you sell yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And once you're in the door, and if if you're a person that people want to work with, you will consistently work. A lot of the performing jobs I got after the initial one were through friends of friends. You know, mm-hmm. they would recommend me or I would, you know, I would know that person. And especially after I finished school in Chicago, I mean, most of the jobs I got around the city were through either the professors I had or friends of friends. And, you know. I think there's something to be said for, you know, just being a professional person and being a very a person that people want to work with.
1: And I think and- I got on one of my gigs through you. I think I got on Royal Caribbean through one of my videos, because I don't know if you did a video entertainment, video submission or other things later on, but I think I was probably in one of your videos. If I remember right, they said, yeah, we saw you on like Sean Carter's videos or something back then. Uh So, yeah, I mean, I got hired on my own talent, but I kept on popping up in other people's videos and I'm pretty sure that you're one of
0: them. Well, I mean, you're looked at, I mean, you were always someone who was very fun to work with, you know, oh, I mean, thank you. And when you're, yeah, well, of course, but like, you know, especially at Opera Lane, because it was a very long season. I think that that way out West was like, we did a spring months. fall and we did a spring, summer, fall. We did them all. Yeah, it was long. So I think it really, um, it makes a difference. Like, you know, who you're around with every day. And, you know, that's why you can, some people, obviously you're closer than others. Sorry. I'm getting all these messages now from the agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, is, uh, you're may, such a big deal. A <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, moving in and shaking. Um, no, but it, it, it does. I mean, it makes a difference. I mean, you want to be somebody that people want to be in a green room with every single day. You know, I think it's important. Um, and what I really try to tell all of our actors is, you know, be grateful for every opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you have to have thick skin, you have to, you know, be someone who can take no for an answer. I mean, you are, I tell everyone you are a professional auditioner. That is the job. Mm-hmm. We've heard well, that before. We, we you're not the
1: first. The cake.
0: Yeah. So it's so important to just take every opportunity for what it's worth and you never know where that will lead. Um, we just had a young lady um, fly up to, she's in Atlanta, but she was um, offered, I got her in, in the door for a, a new musical that's going on in New York on Broadway. And, you know, she Said yes. I said, look, I mean, you know, it's on your own dime if you're going to go up there, obviously. Um, And she did. She took the flight and we're waiting to hear back. And she booked her room and all that stuff. It's like, you know, but so many times you just never know when your break is going to come or the next opportunity. So it's just important that you keep driving and believing in yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: And during all this, who would you say was your biggest
0: support unit during your journey in this career? Oh yeah. I mean, my parents, my, my mom and dad were really great. They were very, very supportive. My, um, my dad would travel anywhere and everywhere, you know, to see me perform. And also, and same with my mom. I mean, they were just, you know, they were very supportive. And my brother was also uh, is a musician. And they were just like, look, if you can make a living, we support you hundred percent. Like, you know, they didn't say like, have a backup or a plan B. They're just like, do what, you know, put your heart into it. And if you can make money, make money and have fun and have a great, great time. And then you'll know if it's time and you have to pivot and do something else. Mm-hmm. And it really was like that basic. And I was like, oh, you know, and that was the best attitude because I was always like, oh, you know what? That's it's true. It's like as long. I mean, my whole thing is like I wanted to be a working actor and I wanted to keep performing and then things kind of changed. And I and what I wanted kind of changed. And now I'm still able to do things and still perform on occasion when I want to, and it's, and still brings me joy. So I still put myself out there, but, you know, I'm also doing other things that are in the industry that, that really make me smile, make me happy. And I get to you know, do things that I love and it never feels like a job job, you know, of course, like anything you have good days and bad days. Um, but, you know it's mainly the parents. <laughs> right. So if you, if you're, don't be a momager, uh, or stage dads, I'm momager. Like, I like you, that. You, like you that. want to be the easiest, breeziest people to work with. Right. And again, I, and we give people a lot of grace, a lot of grace because it is like, you know, one, you know, day at a time in terms of how you don't know until, you know, So it's like we really try, you know, to have everything laid out there in terms of a handbook. And um, we are all we always do, you know, Zoom meetings with people so we can make sure that we're all on the same page because we want to set people up for success. And we and we try to take, you know, all the experience that we've had through all our careers and our life performing to make it easier for the next people, you know, where you're not just thrown to the wolves, you know. So we try to help people and tell them, hey, when you do your headshots, this is how, you know, make sure you're taking a lot of great options bright colors, everything's on hangers, everything's pressed, like, you know, things that people don't think about sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or or how to audition or the things that you need now to be successful. I mean, you can't just tape your, you know, stuff on at home against a white wall or a door. You know, you have to have some type of setup and it's important to have the right tools. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, What would you say would be your favorite memory of performing or what you're what you did in this industry
0: um oh gosh I don't know there's a lot of I don't know I mean I think it's for me it's the people that I was with you know I mean there's I can remember specific times through each gig but I really loved um working at Universal Studios in Japan because it was such a great time um Personally, and I loved kind of just being thrown into a completely different culture. I tell people, you know, like if there wasn't somebody holding a sign with my name on it in the Osaka airport, I would still be living in the Osaka airport because I would not. I've known how to get the hell out of there. Um, <laughs> it's not like in Europe where it's like, oh, there's the the bathroom or there's the police like uh, I was. But um, but they just treated you very well. And um, and it was such a joy every day, you know, performing um, for all those people. And I, I heard love- both of that for Tokyo,
1: Disney and for, yeah. um, Tokyo for, for universal. I heard it's amazing to work over there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, when it's a lot and they, and you have to basically sign this contract saying that if, you know, if you quit, you're going to pay them $10,000 because, um, you know, it takes a lot to get you over there in terms of the visas and everything. And, um, but it was great. And also the show I did was still outdoors, you know, I mean, it was on a little small stage, there were four performers, we had two casts, but it was a great gig in terms of, you know, you worked five days a week, you had two days off, um, you had vacation time, and they were very, it was very generous in terms of the the salary and things that you um, were given. Um, but I made some wonderful friends there. But every, every contract I can find, you know, I can name the people that I'm still close with, or, have such wonderful memories. You know, I think my first season at Kings Island was, will still be one of my favorites because I was so green, but I learned so much in that, my time with those people and, and, um, and because it was also somewhere that I grew up, you know, wanting to be and, uh, you know, on that, one of those stages and, um, and just, and also still have my, you know, my best friend Keith from that experience and, you know, those, and so many of those people that, um you know, are still in my life and, you know, from Opryland, like people like you and, um, Amy oh, and thank the you. wonderful people in, in that uh, Way Out West cast. Well, obviously,
1: cause... I mean, here we are 31
0: years later. And
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's literally every two years, about every two years we connect, but you're only two and a half hours away. So I still don't understand why yeah. I've not come down to
0: see you yeah. yet. So now, Yeah, now we're super close. So you got to come down or I'll definitely come up there. I uh, just met um, kind of like it's actually my third cousin, but his name is also Sean. Um, and, uh, he lives, uh, I think really close to you actually. Yeah. I think you remember you texted me that. Yeah. Well, come on Um, up. You know, you're welcome
1: anytime. (laughs) And same, same to you. All right. Um, so how did you, I know we talked about managing, but how did you kind of work your way into that
0: gig? Like, how did you fall in and land there? And as as an agent, yeah, as an agent. Um, well, my friend Scott uh, has an agency, and years ago, um, I guess I he had a also a development training program, and he asked me to help teach improv and stuff through that. And while I was in North Carolina teaching for him. Um, his agent that he had, uh, one of them had to had to leave. She was offered a, her husband was offered a job and had to relocate to Florida. So he asked me if I would be interested. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. But I said, you know what, I'll try. And, you know, if if it doesn't work out, then I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. But um, but I really enjoyed it. And so I kind of, I, yeah, I did that. And then I, and then I did did it for five years and I took a break and then went back on the ships and was, you know, cruise directing and stuff. And I just came back last April. So um, it's, I really, really enjoy it. I, I enjoy it so much now because even with more experience, you know, you just realize you can only do so much. And I hope that I, if I'm one little tiny step in someone's journey, like that makes me feel great. You know, um, some people don't. I think you have to really explain to them how agencies work in terms of, you know, what we can do for you and what we can't do for you, you know. Um, but I love I love watching the auditions and I love when I'm, you know, you're pitching someone that, you know, is so right for this role and they get that audition and then they book the job, you know. And, uh, it's just wonderful. I love it. And, and I do, um, you know, some people will ask for, you know, help or notes, and I try to help them with direction or setting, just making sure that their audition looks, you know, the best that it can be. And, uh, And yeah, so I I really enjoy it. I love being back and doing it. So it's fun. And now that the strike is over, things are really starting to come in on the TV film side. Um, The commercials were still kind of going, the side commercials, but it's really been nice having a lot of this, um, a lot of booking uh, things to submit for. You know, yesterday and the day before, you know, we had like 20 different projects. So it was really great to get to dig in there and get back into it. So what would be your like final words of wisdom or what's
1: like some, you've already had enough, but like, what would you say to people wanting to get into this industry and stay in this industry?
0: Um, I, you know, I would say like, I would say, take breaks if you need to, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. know that it, know that I heard that one. Yeah. Okay. It is a marathon and not a sprint. And sometimes you're at points in your life where, you know, you can get a little burnout. And, you know, rejection is a real thing. You know, you have to, again, you have to learn how to process those things and know not to take rejection personally, right? It is so like, the it's a minuscule, like sometimes the things that are, you know, the reason why you're not chosen, you know, the thing is to always know that you go in there and you book the room, you make sure that casting sees your talents. And then if you're not right for this project, they might call you back. For something else. But if you are at a point in your life where you're like, Hey, like I'm in between those age ranges, you know, sometimes when you're, you're not quite old enough to be the, you know, the young mom or dad yet. And you know, it's like thing it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're always in and out of types, right? Basically. But sometimes if you have to take a break, a mental health break, or to focus on something else for a while, when you come back, you're that much more invigorated and, you know, and ready to tackle it, but take a break if you need to, there's no shame in saying, Hey, I think I want to, you know, I want to focus on something else that might bring me joy for a while. Cause it can be tough, but you'll find the older you get, the more people do drop and, and, uh, and there are still opportunities. So don't think that it's too late. You know, if you're someone who, um, we have a woman on the roster and she is so funny and she just started and she's, she's probably 65, I think 65, 66. Oh wow. Really? Yeah. And she is like, I'm going to do stand up. I'm like, well here, I send her information on places. I know that t- do those classes in the Southeast and she is on it and she's already, you know, been doing open mics and it's just like, you never know. You know, she said something I wasn't trying. She's always an actor, but she's like, I think I want to go for it. And I'm like, then you d- do that, you know? And, uh, you just never know. So, I mean, don't be afraid to try and and don't be afraid to take breaks. Oh, I like
1: that. I've not heard that one. That's great. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show and then we'll chat here at the end. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. It's great to see you. And like I said, I'm just going to have to come. We're, we're two and a half hours away. We just yeah. we need to just make this happen. Life got in the way. And, you know, that's a sad excuse, but we'll, we'll see each other. And, um, just thank you for all your words of wisdom today, and it's been great seeing your face. And we always end the show like this. Um, something that I wrote: remember, pathways are like that path when the sun touches the water. You don't know where it leads or ends, but you never know until you walk that
0: path. That's nice. Oh, Love thank you.
1: Yeah, and so our paths have always crossed. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's a that's a true statement.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm. I'm I... very- this is my first um appearance on a podcast so it was really i'm glad that we i love you sis always good to see you i
1: love you too sis and great to see you and we will chat again soon all right love you bud bye bye and thank you guys thank you guys for coming on today and thank you for listening and remember to like share and subscribe and stay tuned for next week's episode of pathways